My shoes were signaling back brightly to the moon, when suddenly the whole port side of the ship seemed to go up right in front of my eyes, an enormous gush and geyser of water, a shuddering explosion, an ear-numbing rip of metallic noise, and a vast red cornet of flames the size of the torch on the Statue of Liberty. The young second lieutenant from Donegal was suddenly as dead as one of those porpoises you see washed up on the beach of Enniscrone after a storm, on the deck beside me, felled by a jagged missile of stray metal. Men came tearing up from below, the doorways oozing them out, as if so much boiling molasses. There were cries and questions even as the gigantic fountain of displaced water collapsed and found the deck and hammered us flat there, as if we were blobs of dough. Two of my sappers were trying to peel me back up from the deck, itself splintered and cratered from the force, and now other stray bits of the ship rained down, clattering and banging and boasting and killing. That was a fucking torpedo, said my sergeant with perfect redundancy, a little man called Ned Johns from Cornwall, the most knowledgeable man for a fuse I ever worked with. He probably knew the make and poundage of the torpedo, but if he did, he didn't say. The next second, the huge ship started to pitch to port, and before I could grab him, Ned Johns went off, sliding down the new slope and smashing into the rail, gathered himself, stood up, looked back at me, and then was wrenched across the rail and out of view. I knew we were holed deep under the waterline. I could more or less feel it in my body. Something vital torn out of the ship echoed in the pit of my stomach. Some mischief done. Deep, deep in some engine room or cargo hold. My other helper, Johnny Fats Talbot, a man so lean you could have used him for spare wires, as poor Ned Johns once said, in truth was using me now as a kind of bollard. But that was no good, because the ship seemed to make a delayed reaction to its wound and shuddered upward. The ship's rail, rearing up ten feet in a bizarre and impossible movement, catching poor Johnny completely off guard, since he had been bracing himself against a force from the other direction, and off he went behind me, pulling the trouser leg off my uniform as he did so, sending my precious half-crowns firing in every direction. So for a moment of odd calm I stood there, one leg bare to the world, my cap still in place inexplicably, myself drenched so thoroughly I felt one hundred percent seawater. An iron ladder full of men, from God knows where, maybe even from inside the ship, or from the side of the command deck more likely, with about a dozen calling and screaming persons clinging to it like forest monkeys, moved past me as if it were a trolley being wheeled by the demon of this attack, and crossed the ravaged deck, and pitched down into the moiling dark sea behind. Everything roared for that moment. The high night sky of blankening stars, the great and immaculate silver-serving dish of the sea itself, the rendered ship, the offended and ruined men, and then, precipitately, a silence reigned, the shortest reign of any silence in the empires of silence. The whole vista The far-off coast, the deck, the sea was as still for a moment as a painting, as if someone had just painted it all in a studio and was gazing at it, contemplating it, reaching out to put a finishing touch on it, of smoke, of fire, of blood, of water. And then I felt the whole ship leave me, 
sink under my boots so suddenly that there was, for that second, a gap between me and it, so that wasn't I like an angel, a winged man suspended. Then gravity broke the spell. Gravity ruined the bloody illusion, and I went miserably and roaringly downward with the ship. The deck broke into the waters. It smashed through the sacred waters like a child breaks an ice puddle in a Sligo winter. It made a noise like that of something solid, something icy, breaking. Glass, really, but not glass. Infinitely soft and receiving water. The deeps, the dreaded deeps. The reason why fishermen never learn to swim. Let the waters take us quickly. Let there be no thrashing and hoping and swimming. No, let your limbs go. Be calm. Put your trust in God. Pray quick to your Redeemer. And I did, just like an errant fisherman, and gave up my soul to God and said,